Hey everyone, it's Neighborhood Watch, your favorite Sesame Street podcast watching marathon um, activity. I'm your host, Michael Giannis, <laughs> and I am delighted to be here with my good friend Russ. How are you doing, Russ? I'm swell. Please call me Russell. Russell. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I can accommodate that just fine. Um, today we watched an episode of Sesame Street. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Thing. Uh, the name of this episode was Bobby McFerrin Sings the Alphabet. Uh, it was episode number 2,496, and it aired in 1988. And you can certainly tell that because um, I feel like a lot of the themes and the lessons of this were a bit more modern. Um, you know, they've... And they've in the 2,495 episodes prior to this. They've, um, you know, they've covered one, two, threes, and ABCs, which they still go over. But there's some new stuff in here too, which I like. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. It, it, you can definitely tell the the time period each episode is from. It's interesting how we because how, we're jumping around. You know, we're not just watching it straight through. Mm-hmm. You can definitely like tell the time period. This episode had the most Reaganomics of any that we've seen so far. <laughs> Deep 1988 cut. I like it. All right. Um, so the first sketch of this, uh, we see Maria and Luis, who are married, which is news to me, I think. Maybe there was a marriage episode that we missed. Uh, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen those two before. Yeah. They've been regulars for the past couple. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're in their apartment, uh, in their living room, and they're kind of reminiscing about their wedding day. Uh, they're looking through, through some old photo albums. Mm-hmm. And I think this is an important episode because I believe this is the first one where they kind of um, like recognize the audience as a person, where they break the fourth wall. Um, I don't know, to your knowledge, Russell, if, if they've done this before. Uh, I don't I don't know the status of various walls currently but but in this in this one I don't I don't know when it was broken but it's 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 it was broken by this episode yes like not by this episode by the time of mm-hmm. I I understand I think we all understand um so the premise of this this little sketch which is one of the longer ones in recent memory, is that um, a Muppet uh, by the name of Sunny Friendly, which I would categorize as a Guy Smiley knockoff, um, sort of reveals to them that they're on a game show, which which is about remembering their past. And what a perfect opportunity, uh, because they're reminisc- reminiscing right now. Um, but they're not very willing to play along with Mr. Friendly's little game show, um, because apparently they've had run-ins in the past, and Mr. Friendly has not been uh, so honest about the prizes that they receive. They're usually kind of junk. Uh, so they, they refuse to play, so they just kind of ignore them while there's this Muppet in the back sort of doing his little Muppet thing. Um, so they reminisce, and <laughs> after they recall, like, I don't know, their first kiss or something, uh, they uh, Sunny, Sunny reveals to them, they've won, they've won. Well, almost won. They would have won had they been playing, but they were not playing, so unfortunately they miss out on the prize of a world worldwide vacation package. Whatever that even means. Right. It's not it's pretty vague, but you know, I 
they're they're intrigued definitely because they they agree to play for the second round. For all they know, they could have just been stuck on a hot air balloon for like eighty days. That was sucked. Sure, I I would trust Sunny though. You know, it's within his abilities to procure a if he can procure a like a studio audience and and an announcer for a game show. I think he can pull up like a a world vacation package. But in any case. Um, the, the second round, they, they win, obviously, because it's their wedding that they're remembering. And so they're super excited about this new prize they're going to get. And uh, Sunny informs them, and unfortunately, it's not the world vacation because that was the first round. They've won a, a round trip through their living room, which is decidedly less exciting. Well, yeah, it depends on your perspective. Sure. I mean, maybe you've got, like, a, a sweet-ass living room. But, you know, for them, they've... They've kind of gotten their hopes raised and then defeated, but it's a good, it's a good for a gag, you know. Everyone mm-hmm. likes to play along. Nothing, nothing lost, nothing hurt, is how the saying goes. I believe that's how that goes. Yeah. Yes. Um. Uh, then we go on to uh, the uh, Muppet Kids in the park. They're all playing around like little happy Muppet. This is like the densest concentration of Muppets that we've seen in a in a scene. I'd love to see what this this looked like, you know, because um, it's a it's a pretty good production. Yeah. Like all these all these little kid pup kid puppets running around. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's a girl and she uh, she's feeling kind of down because she wants to go uh, introduce the 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 new kid on the block to all all her friends, but the new kid uh, doesn't he speaks Spanish his his English uh, isn't great because his first language is Spanish. Uh, yeah. But she doesn't know any Spanish, uh, so she asks her friend Carlos, who does speak uh, both English and Spanish, to teach her some some little phrases to help him co- sort of feel comfortable in na- in the neighborhood. It was a it was a very heartwarming scene, I think. Russell. Yeah, yeah, you know, I thought it was a you know cute song. You could like learn a few passing cute phrases in Spanish. Obviously, nothing of substance, but you know, just to well, you know have a little fun until he learns our country's language. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's still like commendable that you know they're 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 welcoming into the group and the song, the songs the songs are right. Um, little filler lyricy, lots of la la laws, but the sentiment is there and. That's really what I'm coming to Sesame Street for, ninety percent of the time. You know, when they when they pair it up with the like, real like, technically proficient songwriting, that's good. But this this will suffice just fine. Yes. Um, after that, we had an animation that we both liked, which was the um, the sandwich building one, the tuna sandwich animation. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, tough to describe. Um, imagine sort of just a an endless misunderstanding of a child explaining to assumedly her father that she wants tuna fish on whole wheat bread with mayonnaise. I remember in sixth grade we had to for science class to demonstrate, I guess, like specificity in instructions yeah, in science. In lab reports, we, yeah. we had to we had to like describe how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It was, yeah, it was a farce much like this in that... If yeah, you didn't, it, it, this was that in, like, two-minute cartoon form. Right. If you didn't indicate that you wanted the knife to go into the mayonnaise and then spread it onto the... If you just said you wanted mayonnaise on the bread, they just put, like, the jar onto the loaf of bread. Yeah. So, 
But it, the, I think the the animation style and like the speed of it, the rhythm of it, is like spot on. Uh-huh. So that was that was that was fun. Usually for skits like that that aren't like substantive, I don't really like them. Uh, but this one I did. So good on you. Then we had the the fabulous dancers who formed an L with their bodies. Nothing much to say about this. Just a couple like kids like sort of scooting around. Anything of note there? I don't think so. No. Then we had Large and Little um, with the letter L, introducing uh, one of our letters sponsors for the day. Mm-hmm. Again, nothing special about that. Uh, then we go back to... Um, Except there was like a the pig man from Seinfeld introducing Large. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, he, the, the style on that one was a little disconcerting. I'd say, oh, I lowered my chair. Um... Yeah, the style on that one, little little bizarre, uh, but whatever. It was like ten seconds long. Uh, so yeah, then we go back to Maria and Luis, who um, are again joined by uh, a Muppet sort of like B-list celeb, uh, forgetful. forgetful Jones. He's a he's a cowboy who forgets things. Pretty straight up, straightforward. Um, I was hoping we would get his like his like origin story theme song, but we didn't. So if you're at all interested in Forgetful Jones and what his thing is, uh, just look that up on YouTube. It's a pretty delightful song. It messes with your expectations. But uh, in this scene, um, Maria and Luis are still reminiscing, and Forgetful Jones is celebrating by telling them congratulations and throwing the rice at them and you know presenting their present. And this is all well and good, except that Forgetful Jones, though he's remembered all of these wedding tropes, he has forgotten that they're already married. Yes. So, yeah. Um, kind of the trouble with characters like that, with Muppets like that, is they've got, like, one thing that's going to happen, so by the end of it, you kind of know, like, where it's going. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think his, his his sort of mannerisms that you pointed out and his just sort of jaunty attitude... The, the execution was good. Yeah. And, you know, Forgetful Jones, like, the pantheon of Muppets is all the better for him, I think. Yeah, you, you gotta have, like, your... Every production has its bit parts, just as important. I mean, bit... I mean, he's a, like, good character. But regardless, um... Then we go on to the Fleas animation, which is about five seconds of, like, a furry word. That was weird. Yeah, it was a weird one. Five seconds long, nothing much there. Then we go on to a rhyming one, Bees... This was completely separate. I think that was coincidental. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just sort of like this jazzy, upbeat tune as bees did their thing. Like real life, real footage of bees. You know, it's Sesame Street still. They're still doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go on to one of my favorites because it's got Kermit in it. Uh, Kermit's doing a on-location report for Sesame Street News. He wants to report on the London Fog. The yeah. London Fog. And um, yeah, there's a bit of a misunderstanding because uh, presented to him are, um, first off, uh, what was the first? Uh, the London Frog mm-hmm. comes up, and he's like, I heard you want to talk to me, except in, like, a Lond- uh, British accent. Yeah. And they all had, like, different British accents, too, which is, like, a nice touch. It wasn't all, like, the same person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, the London Frog, uh, he, he misheard Kermit. He thought... 
he said frog, but, you know, it rhymes. It's an understandable. It was very Monty Python-esque. Yeah. Not just because of the accents. But also, that helped. Um, (laughs) (laughs) London Frog, this is another sort of maybe lower important episode to the lore of Sesame Street, uh, because he lets slip that he has, uh, London Frog has a brother uh, that looks an awful lot like Kermit living in the States. So I think we're meant to take away from that that these two are brothers, so we should probably pay attention in the future. They are frogs. They gotta be... I'm not saying... I don't mean to say that all frogs know each other. That would be a silly thing to say. Well, they probably do. Um, after that, uh, he's presented um, with the London Log, which is property of the Queen, and then the uh, London Hog. But uh, it was a fun scene, nonetheless, because by the time Kermit was, gets to talk about the fog, uh, it's dissipated, and everyone comes back on for one little encore in which they do the London Clog. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Um, after that was the four I had lines. Good London dialogue. <laughs> yeah, the the four four jazzy lions are next, which is just like lion, like circus lions, like arranging themselves into different shapes. I didn't much care for this one. Music was cool. I didn't know what it was leading up to, but then it was kind of a letdown that it was just like sort of weird thing. But four. That's our yeah. number of the day. I think that's the first appearance of that. So Notable, I guess. Uh, then, Maria and Luis, back once again. Third and final, I believe. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they are joined by Mumford the Magician, rounding out our, our Muppet visitors to their apartment. Uh, so yeah, uh, Mumford... Um, is is a magician, and he, he takes a look at one of their pictures and says, I'm going to paint you a picture just like that one. And he attempts to do so, but uh, in the process, he p- creates a bride and groom, but uh, they are ducks. They, they have, like, no. ducks. They have, like, f- um, webbed feet and duck bills, and that sort of thing. Uh, so he, he goes on to fix it. Oh, oh, well, you know, that's what happens. They don't... They don't have much else skill. They just come over here and you make poorly drawn caricatures with our tax dollars. I mean, he's... Like, it's a good painting. Like, it's very skilled. And, like... It's... He, even if he was going for ducks, I, I probably would have thought goose. I mean, I, you're, I feel like you're splitting hairs at that point. Feathers. Sorry. Feathers. Um, so, yeah. Uh, he, he attempts to fix it. And he does, for the most part. He leaves, like, webbed feet on their feet. But, you know, it's it's good for a story, I think. Which is, you know, one of the, the great contributions of Muppets to Sesame Street. Um, oh, then we had the dance pencil. Yeah, I didn't like that. That made me uncomfortable. <laughs> he had a bizarre voice and a more bizarre premise in which he uses himself to write the word dance. Um, yeah, that was, yeah, that was something. Yeah. Uh, we can move across that. We can move across animals in a pool, which was just that, zoo animals playing around at a pool. Same thing for the the one-two blues. Um, I don't believe this was a celebrity. I think was, this was just a cast member. The one-two blues? Yes. Yeah, she had a nice 
blouse shirt. Yeah, it was like 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 glittery. I liked it. It had this cool it had a cool design. So yeah, uh, nothing special about that though. Uh, nothing special about the egg and the bird that hatched from it that tried to fly. That one was really rough. That was weird. Right in the middle of it, it's kind of in this slump where it was really losing me at that point. Especially because the the scene following this was the two-headed monsters uh, playing with bubbles that are just, like, speaking gibberish. Like, I, I mean, they're fine. Like, I they're not, like... It's not, like, bad. It's just... It, I just think it went on too long. Um, yeah, there are a lot of odd segments like that this episode. Yeah. Um, after that, we had a guy playing with, like, a... It's an animation of a guy playing with, like, a, a square and sort of various things happen to it to make it into, like, a triangle and then a rectangle and then a circle. I marked this down in my notebook as square, comma, etc., which is really, like, the point I'm at with Sesame Street notes. Um, then, we had, then we had the appearance of our celebrity guest, Bobby McFerrin, um, who was joined by David, the cast member, and the Owl Muppet, who I don't think has a voice. It might be Who. That'd be a good name for an owl. Um, who? Ha. Um, Bobby um, gives us a little demonstration of his, you know, his sort of percussive scat kind of thing, his deal, um, and he does it to the alphabet, which which is fun. Um, I don't know how much kids would get out of this. I think like the main draw was meant to be the star power of Mr. McFerrin. Yeah. And yeah. it's He's still alive, good. by the way. Oh. Fun fact. It's only 50. Hmm. Really? Never would have guessed. Is that true? Did you just make that up? I I thought that was true. Now I'm questioning it. You've got a 1 out of 50 chance. That, that, I think. Is that? No. I mean, it has to be one of them. Um, After that, we had... Wait, no. He was born in 1950. Okay, he's a lot older than 50. That's, Maybe not a lot older. 65. 64. The, in March. the senior. His birthday is in less than a month. Happy birthday, Bobby. Almost. Are you going to wish him a happy birthday? Who doesn't? <laughs> it's a federal holiday, don't you know? <laughs> Banks are closed. <laughs> it's observed. I don't different. Um, so Ernie and Bert are, are our next... Group skit. Um, Bert cannot sleep because uh, there's a dripping water sound. So he requests that Ernie go fix it. What do you think, and Bert? Ernie's not. He's gonna do something silly, <laughs> and he does. He turns on the radio to like a, a like pop jazz station, <laughs> super loud. That and was interesting. So it was with the sort of explanation that well now you can't hear the water, Bert. And um, in sort of Sesame Street children's show requisite fashion, he needs to do a third thing, which is um, to drown out the sound of the radio. He goes and turns on the vacuum cleaner, which is a delight. I love Ernie. Um, So (laughs) Bert is left to go and turn off everything by himself. Um, But in that time, Ernie has fallen asleep and is uh, snoring raucously keeping him from falling asleep it was a very good scene another great yes. variation on the Ernie and Bert dynamic mm-hmm. 
another uh, instance of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a delight. Anything to add? Well, it, you know, yeah, it was, it was good. Just like most of these clips are of them at night, you know, when, mm-hmm. they, when they're trying to sleep and they're, you know, tax dollar subsidized housing. Well, I don't think that's ever, like, explicitly mentioned. Well, it, it, you, you just, like, you really think they could, what, what kind of money do you think they make? I mean, they're certainly, like, capable of being self-sufficient. I mean, we see that, like... What? Well, well, you know, they're there. I mean, they're more than there. They're, like, they're like contributing to, like, the, the general, like, well-being of Sesame Street. Like, without the Muppets, like, what what do you got? You got, like, I mean, Gordon Gordon's great, but he can't carry the show. Well, he, you know, I agree or disagree. I suppose. I mean, you know, uh, after this, we have... Um, Oh, uh, this was a very good stylistic animation, which was the uh, dog balancing the burgers on his head. Um, it sort of had that, like, yes. um, frame by frame, like, each is, like, an individually drawn-out um, character, which gave it this, like, really intricate look. And it was yeah. really unique. Uh, you know, a lot of the Sesame Street animatics, you can tell, like, they're just, like... Uh, they're they're chugging them out because they got they got a lot of episodes to make. But this was a lot of care went into this, a lot of time I think. Yeah. And it shows, and it's it's good. F- it's all the better for it. Definitely. Uh, next up, I believe this is the first instance of Elmo. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, audience. I assume you're all watching diligently along with me. But I believe this is the first instance of Elmo, and he is introducing us to the idea of exploring. And he's doing this by um, uh, going up to, I believe uh, it was Olivia, and um, just sort of, he's got like the safari hat on and the safari jacket, and he's he's exploring Olivia as if she were like a, a wild animal, which is a delight. I like Elmo. I didn't think I'd like Elmo as much as I did in this scene. Maybe he just hasn't worn thin on me yet, like he must, uh, young parents, but I enjoyed it, his sort of goofy, childlike um, playing, and the way that the uh, Olivia just sort of played along with it. It was a very good dynamic, I think. Yeah. There was also a balloon before that. I don't know if you care. Like an animation? Did I miss one? Oh, the balloon with the kids playing with the balloon. I yes. skipped over that, yeah. Uh, that was fine. I don't know it was okay I to skip over. I didn't mean to uh, miss it. But I guess we. Yeah, I mean, like I was on the fence about even like pointing it out. Uh huh. It was. It was not. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I said, like a lot of there were a lot of little. The the, the kind of yeah. phoned it in towards the middle, just like a lot of little segments. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thanks for for calling me out. We're here to archive and discuss every moment. If we don't, we'd we'd be doing a disservice to the historical endeavor. And I. We have to start over. We would, from the top. It wouldn't be a chronological thing, as this very much is. Um, next, we had the Jazzy Lines segment. Um, that was good. I enjoyed it, sort of like on the opposite end of the dog and the burger animation. Uh, this was a very, like, trimmed down, just three colorful lines. Each one is assigned to, like, a different instrument. One's a trumpet, one's a piano, and one's a bass. And they just sort of, like, move and bounce around as the instruments play. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And so did you, Russell. I did. Yes. 
After that, we had Cookie Monster, who talks to us about his six cookies that he has. Or he doesn't he doesn't talk to us. He sings about it in a, in a very Cookie Monster way, which is just a delightful and endearing. And um, but as he sings, he's visited by various uh, Muppets who uh, partake in his meal, and so he he keeps gradually losing cookies until he has zero cookies. But in an interesting twist, Guy Smiley explains to Cookie Monster that having zero cookies is still having an amount of cookies, which there were some troubling implications from this and the way that the guy that just took the final two cookies explains to Cookie Monster, who now has none, how he should be happy about having none because it's still an amount. Yeah, that was that was interesting, and, and then Cookie Monster is still proud, like, like I have zero, and don't take that away from me. Yeah, I mean he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless someone gives him more, I guess that would technically be taking away his not having any from him. But, you know, that's how, you know, it's a doggy dog world, Muppet world. That's not, you know, like everyone. You just gotta you gotta fight for your cookies. You gotta. Try to earn as many cookies as you can. I certainly think like Cookie Monster is like the sympathetic figure, though. I think we're meant to like not like even though it's kind of a joke. Like I certainly think like the lesson isn't like the people that stole the cookies are the winners. That would be kind of well. I mean, technically they are. I mean, and if it's fine if some people want to be get complacent about it, but I mean, if you don't want to fight and. This world is just eternal struggle, and if you don't want to fight, then you don't deserve to live. Wow, I mean, don't you like? Don't you think we should have at least like some compassion for those, like Cookie Monster? Like maybe he's like totally against like like viol- Maybe he's like a pacifist, and maybe he doesn't want to like. Well, I mean, well, like pacifism. That's that's just an act of cowardice in the face of sacrifice. Cowardice. I think, like, I think that's a rather noble goal, you know, to try and. Ah, it's just renunciating something. struggle. Well, I think you've got to like, I mean, Cookie Monster. He, those, those were like his cookies, and I think, like, it, it's, it's not, it's not right that he got them taken away. Like, we shouldn't like hold. The... So he, sh- he should have fought for it. It's war alone that brings up to its highest tension all human energy. And puts the stamp of nobility upon the people who have the courage to meet it. Well, that would put like the the, the thieves on a pedestal, and I don't think that's really the thing that Sesame Street should be aiming for, in my opinion. Well, I mean, shouldn't we let our children know this is how the world works? Is it the way that the world has to work, though? Like that's how it should. Well, I think that's a little. Well, we've got we got more stuff to cover. Um, the hotel bellhop animation. Um, this one went a little long as well because they had to count all the way up to sixteen for all the floors. Uh, so that was a little tough. Um, then we had the snake bit. Um, nothing special about that. Just more video of a snake. Then an animation of a cloud doing like an F sound for the wind. Which yeah, I just agree with that too. You disagree with the fact that wind makes an F sound. A f- no, yeah, sound. it doesn't make an, an F sound. What is your proposed alternative? 
just like blowing air. That's that's an F sound though. No, no. There's an F sound. It involves your upper teeth on your bottom lip. I'm, I'm saying it's like a, vo- a voiceless W. I think it would... Okay. I, I, I'll, let you, I'll let you take precedence in this one. I feel like you have an expertise in this area. In particular, this one, this one time. Um, but the next, the next one um, is... The next skit is Big Bird, who has lost uh, the toy truck and is is assisted by a new I don't know if they're recurring but I certainly enjoy their name a flamingo named Placido Flamingo who enjoys the opera quite a bit which is a delight and and they sort of um, spend their time singing and looking for the toy truck um, I found it pretty enjoyable there was this little twist where like Big Bird had to raise a little sign that said toy on it every time the word toy was sung it was, a, it was a weird little inclusion, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I think. Yeah, it, it added. It, it made it funny. Yeah. And you know, I don't think there's. Like he he doesn't find the toy truck at the end of this, but he does spoilers find the truck at the end. So everything's turning out a okay for Big Bird. Yes. Um, then we had the four, the number four clown animation. This one was accompanied by a lot of strange noises and sound effects um, as they were, like, tickled by this, like, animatronic four-clown mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I mean, it was, it was like, counting the number four, but, like, it was a stretch to call this, like, thematically inclusive to the number four. You could have done this with any number is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, well, af- yeah. It- how is that not true of, like, everything they do with <laughs> I was afraid, you know, you're right. I'm glad you called me out on this. Really, anything could be done with any amount of numbers. You just add or subtract. That's kind of how numbers work. But, I don't know. I just felt it was a little out of left field. And they, they're usually a little more, like, cohesive, I guess. I guess that was my issue, is that it wasn't cohesive um, with like, yeah. what was happening. It was just, like, this, like, tickle machine. It was also a number four for some reason. Um, after that, we had some footage of a probably a birthday party because there was a pinata and cake and lots of little kids and balloons and streamers. Um, yeah. If you were to present that to a little kid and ask them to put that in a category, I think they'd categorize that as birthday. Yes. Uh, then we had the F1 fire. Not very important there. Uh, then you had probably one of the most like just simply delightful scenes for someone that has been watching Sesame Street for close to like ten hours now. Um, it was Grover and a little girl, and Grover explains to the girl that his favorite thing in the whole world is hugs, and so the little girl gives Grover a hug, and it warms. Yeah, her. no, no. What? Why? Why? Grover's delightful. He's he's so innocent and like. Nice. What do you mean innocent? These are, I, I mean, like look at look at the Muppets over this episode. There was there was the beginning with the the with with the couple who with repeated break-ins from Muppets. Well, break-ins like I they're, they're, I'm just I'm just saying the Muppets are kind of turning Sesame Street into a bad neighborhood. I mean, that that's that can't possibly be. The Muppets make the neighborhood. They are what like. Gives so yeah, yeah, the Muppets make the neighborhood with, with this. What they have here is is a puppet 
groping a girl. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This was this was totally innocent. This was totally like just it's 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 just a happy little like meeting between a girl who's like very much comforted and delighted by this uh, cute little puppet and the puppet just because she doesn't know any better she doesn't even understand what's what's happening to her nothing's happening to her she's what do you, what do you did you see this puppet like on her I don't see what your problem is I mean they're just hugging no I don't I don't I don't, I don't know how I would feel about having having creatures like this in my neighborhood well, around my children. They're certainly more than creatures. I mean, they've get, they've been given the affectionate term Muppet, which, you know... Yeah, they've also been given the ability to break into houses and rape our children. Whoa, 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 whoa. Russell, Russell, Russell. What, what are you saying? Listen, M- Michael, all I'm trying to say is that we shouldn't necessarily... Have these puppets on on my street, on your street, on our street, if you will. Are you, why are you saying that we need to have separate but equal Sesame Streets? Well, you know that, that phrase gets tossed around a lot. I think that it's been dragged through the mud a little, but I think that it does deserve a little to it. What's happening? Michael, Michael, can you hear me? What? It's Russ. Listen, I don't have a lot of time. It's not me that have Michael. It's someone else that have Michael. It's not me. Someone else. Okay. It's not me. Well, oh, whoa, sorry about that. I don't I don't know what... What, what was that? It's uh, My connection's a little wonky, but that should be fixed now. Uh, it sounded like someone, like, it was like... So, sort of, like, so the distorted. point is, I don't know if these... I don't, I don't know about how I feel about this... By, by the way, remind me, what is this puppet's name that was groping this girl? Grover. Grover. Yeah, that's his name. He's like a Sesame Street regular. He's a favorite of mine. Like, yeah. he, he'll go on to like become... What's his track record? He doesn't have a track record. He's I always... It's just rap sheet. I'm just saying, who, who, who? what's the oversight here of letting them just pour into... Why would you assume he have a, he'd have a rap sheet? He's like an innocent Why, puppet. Like, he, have he, do, do you see all the crime they get involved in? I, I mean, crime? Yes, crime. That that these, that these puppets, they, they disturb the neighborhood. I was, as we saw earlier with, with Ernie and just yelling into the middle of the night. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying... I mean, I mean, I mean there, there's been... I'm not saying there's just one solution to this. But there's been good, good steps taken in the past towards maybe like deportation. I'm not saying. Whoa! Wow! Russell. Maybe controlling how their reproduction. That I can't look. I'm not gonna stand like. Listen, listen, Russell. Like the the, the Muppets on Sesame Street are are nothing but well respected members of the community, just as. Just as productive, just as self-sufficient, and and just as entertaining as any of the the human characters, and I, I I'm really like personally hurt that that you would propose that we need to separate them out in some sort of. Well, I'm I'm just saying, they, where did they come from? They they came from some sort of puppet land. Why don't they Why don't they stay there? 
Okay, we need to... Only two fathers in the world. I'm just going to wrap this up, folks. The exploiters. Um, there wasn't really and much else to this. Uh, this has been Neighborhood Watch.